Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Pillar recapping the night that was in the National Hockey League, including a former 67 making an immediate impact after missing the first 10 games of the postseason. Yeah, Ross, put that broom back in the closet. No sweep for Vegas. Let's go, Canucks. Oh, man, Robin Leonard. Not his best performance of the postseason, but Dallas, on the other hand, we haven't recorded since Dallas put up another five spot. It's the lowest scoring team in the playoffs. We'll get into all that. Casperi Kapanen got traded for a first rounder and more. What? What kind of trade market is this offseason going to bring? We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Wednesday, August 26th. We are recording just before 10 o'clock in the morning, so no games, of course, have been played. It's a lot easier now, Pilsy, without the afternoon games. We don't get dated as quickly, but I had a dream last night. Let's let's hear that dream, Ross. I think everyone is on the edge of their seats just waiting to see what you're cooking up in your sleep. Well, yeah, it was probably about 4 a.m. You know, I was in a deep REM cycle, but... Quinton Byfield was pulling on a Sens 2D jersey. And not only that, two picks later, it was Lucas Raymond. Could this just be a dream? Ross, that wasn't a dream. I think you've discovered something called time travel. You've went to uh, the early October, it's draft day, and Quinton Byfield's putting on the home jersey. Lucas Raymond's putting on the away jersey. And player to be named, because we're not that far yet in your time travel, is putting on that alternate 2D jersey. You gotta love it. It's amazing. And I wonder it's because of how many times I've Googled over the past few weeks how many days until October yeah. 9th. From I'm not even kidding. When I type in how space M, when I hit the M, it's it comes up as my first related search. How many days and then how many days since March eleventh, the last time. The Senators played a hockey game. So we're 44 days away from the draft. We'll get into lots coming up, but we've got too much to cover in the postseason. This has been some great hockey. Overtimes galore. This Tampa team, they're just, they're living in overtime in this postseason. But as a Sens Abroad podcast and by extension, a Vegas Golden Knights fan podcast, damn, the sweep's dead. Vancouver looked unreal last night. Damn, the sweep's dead. Game two. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, Ross, I've been saying it all along. And if you guys have been listening, you've heard me say it. A big key to this series is going to be Tyler Toffoli. What does he do? A minute 29 seconds in, he scores and he assists on the next two goals. This guy belongs in a Vancouver Canucks uniform. They need to figure out a way to sign him because this isn't just... Light, lightning in a in a bottle and a quick flash of good chemistry. He's been playing so well with this Canucks team. They gotta find a way to extend him. They gotta. Yeah, there's no uh, no way around, it, especially what they gave up for him as well. What was it? A second round pick and and a prospect as well. That seems like years ago that that trade happened, but he's really meshing. Uh, obviously, his old teammate Tanner Pearson, and I think Elias Pettersson's on that line too. Is it? Are they not? Uh, yeah, and Elias Pettersson might have had the best game I've seen, well, of anyone not named Nathan McKinnon this postseason, because 
every time he was he was on the ice, and he's a magician with the puck. He can put it through his feet. He can put it around guys, over guys. You see, he even got in a little um, entanglement, we'll call it, by the bench with Alec Martinez, and Martinez's glove came off, and he just hot-potatoed it right back to him. Like, just an all-around good guy, Pedersen. But on that Toffoli goal, he rounds the net. He gets the puck in his own zone, skates through three checkers, now, the defense actually did a decent job pushing him towards the outside, made him go behind the net. But the other defenseman, I believe it was actually Alec Martinez as well, was caught watching the the beautiful crossovers of Pedersen and Toffoli just backdoor tap and no chance for Leonard on that one. Yeah, that's a tough one for Leonard and uh, a couple tough ones for Leonard there. And Vegas, like, it's not like Vegas fell apart in this game, right? Like, I think they actually played pretty well. Yeah, they, they just controlled got, the play. Yeah, they they still controlled the play, but Vancouver capitalized on their chances. And, yeah, getting a big boost, like Tyler Foley back in your lineup, I think was a big boost to their morale. And they're, I, I think this series is going to go far, Ross. Six or seven games for sure. When you thought it was going to be a sweep, that, I, that, was, that was hilarious. Game two, the sweep is over. But in terms of that Vegas game and, and Robin Leonard, do you go back to him? We talked about the whole flurry debate last week. Is it time to go back to the well? No, come on now. We're flip-flopping goalies like like it's changing laundry here. You gotta keep Robin Leonard in here. He's been absolutely incredible for this Vegas team ever since he's joined. And I don't think you want to be stirring up that goalie controversy pot after that Alan Walsh tweet already got things uh, in motion. I think you make sure Leonard knows that, you know what, this wasn't your fault. We're going to do better next game. The The Golden Knights outshot them 40-27. to 27. So it's not, yeah, like we said, it's not like they weren't in that game. And I don't think this loss was Robin Leonard's fault at all. So I think you go back to him. Yeah, I go back to him as well. But, I mean, the leash is definitely getting tighter. His lateral movement wasn't exactly beautiful. Last night, a few rebounds were getting kicked out uh, in front of the net as well. I don't know, man, because, yeah, obviously we're cheering for him. We want him to be the guy, but he didn't exactly inspire too much confidence in last night's game. Now, the Vancouver getting a goal in each period, five for the game, so two in the first and two in the third period. I just think that they they might need to do something to shake it up. What else could, could Vegas do to try to get some of the momentum back in this series? I don't, I don't think it's a massive loss in momentum, Ross. I mean, we're talking about game two. It's The series is tied up at one. Vegas is a confident squad. They had a lot of good chances. Stone could have had two goals in that game on the far side, kind of back door. He was available. I think if you're Vegas, you just take a deep breath and say, look, we're going to regroup. We're going to come back and we're going to make sure that we're getting better chances and we're tightening up on defense. Now, the thing is, frustration might play a role because... Going into the third period, it was 3-1, anybody's game. And if you'd watched the second period where Vegas had 22 shots on goal and you come out of that period still down by two goals, 22-7 to were the shots in the second period. And then the third period, you start getting a little bit undisciplined, lots of rough stuff, tons of penalties both ways. Pacioretty uh, jumping, I think it was JT Miller, uh, behind the net. And then after the game, Jonathan Marcheseau with some now-deleted Instagram comments going at every hater that was on his Instagram page. Like, you got to start thinking that they're in their own head at some point. Yeah, that's not a good look. And when you're... He ended every one of his replies by saying, don't waste my time. Well, you're the one replying. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're wasting your own time there. But yeah, if you're the Vegas Knights, you're one of the Stanley Cup favorites. Like you can't let a game like this absolutely throw you off. Like take just calm, calm down. It's game three. Like it's a one-one series. This, I I think uh, maybe you're you're hitting the panic button a little too heavy here, Ross. Yeah, and maybe I'm just reading between the lines or well the internet with Marcia. So that those comments were hilarious and uh, there's good shots all over. So if you, uh, if you go search on Twitter, I'm sure you can find those pretty easily and you can always find your favorite restaurant on DoorDash. Can't you Pilsy? Oh yeah. We love DoorDash here on the locked on senators podcast. I talked about flipping goalies, like flipping laundry. Well, if you're tired of doing your laundry, you've got so many emails working from home. There's so much stuff on your to-do list that you've just been too tired to take care of during this pandemic. Give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese? They want pizza. Someone's craving Froyo. Come on, you can get it all on DoorDash. Continue supporting the restaurants in your community. Help out those bartenders, servers, cooks, dishwashers, hosts, all those people that uh, have helped you and your friends have good time on a weekend. Support them through DoorDash. You've counted on these restaurants. Now they're counting on you. Just because maybe their dining rooms are closed, you can still get delivery. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. And you got to love it. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your national favorite restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of these restaurants and local restaurants are open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app. Select your favorite local restaurant and your food will be left at your door. Remember, DoorDash deliveries are contactless to keep your community safe. Right now, DoorDash has a special offer for all you guys. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off zero delivery fees. Nothing, guys. They're going to deliver it for free on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Third time's the charm. Don't forget, that's LOCKEDONNHL for your first order to get $5 off. Let's stick out west before moving to the east. Dallas, I think, with the most surprising first two games. They're up both on Colorado. 5-2 and 5-3 the scores in those games. Nathan McKinnon has five points on Colorado's five goals. Just if you're wondering uh, his individual heroics in that game. But hockey's a team sport, and we're seeing that with Dallas. I mean, 10, 10 goals. Like, are you kidding me? That, that, this is shocking to me. Yeah, well, these are proven guys. Like, these are they have a lot of veterans that are starting to wake up from their sleep. And, Ross, just quickly going uh, looking at the stats page, from that last game, very, very similar, almost identical to the Canucks-Vegas game. Avalanche outshot the Stars 40-27, to which I think is the exact amount that uh, Vegas outshot the Canucks. And they ended up losing 5-2. So a team can be dominating play, but it's just those little areas where the Dallas Stars are finding ways to sneak the puck past the Avalanche goaltender and... They're starting to buzz and up to nothing. Ross, I think if you're at, you're the avalanche, you can actually hit the panic button now. 
Yeah, well, both their goals when they went up 2-0 in Game 2 were both on the power play as well. And then Dallas comes back, gets two power play goals of their own, and the first one was actually a minute and 10 seconds after the Avalanche went up 2-0. So they made it 2-2 all on special teams, and then they continued the route with three unanswered further. So they scored five, all five of their goals unanswered, which, man, that, that to me is the sign of a team that can really step on the gas pedal. And how much worry is it now that this is Pavel Francouz's team? Like, doesn't look like Philip Grubauer is going to be back anytime soon. So should there really be, and you mentioned the panic button, I mean, is I hate saying this, it's such a cliche, but is game three a must win for the Colorado Avalanche? I would say so, yeah, it's a must win. And again, I'm not going to put this loss on Francis. I don't think he played all that bad. Dallas really took advantage of their man advantages. They had a five-on-three that they scored on. And that five-on-three, important to notice, Ross, um, Ian Cole and Samuel Gerrard were the two guys in the box. So there's two of your top defensemen, and you're already missing Eric Johnson. So that was a recipe for disaster on that power play for the Avs. So I think... They can, they can come back and at least tie this series up at two. But, man, Dallas is going to keep their foot on the gas pedal. They're going to try to drown these Colorado Avalanche while they're down. And Nathan McKinnon, he can't do it all. He's going to need some help from from Kadri, from some of those uh, bottom six guys like Donskoy, Nemestikov. These guys got to start chipping in because Nate Dog can't do it all. No, and it's unfair to expect that from one player in, in a National Hockey League circumstance, right? So, um Crazy because McKinnon, you mentioned first in the National Hockey League in playoff scoring. You have Ranton in fourth, Kadri fifth. Yeah, that's three of the top five. But yet you're getting outscored ten five in the first two games. Gets the lowest scoring team. Well, and Ross, in. here's another big stat. I'm just looking at uh, the Dallas stats here. Sixty hits for the Stars in that game. Wow. To, yeah, sixty to the Avalanche's twenty nine blocks. 21 blocks for the Stars. Four measly blocks for the Avalanche in this game. That's not going to cut it. I mean, you should have some defensemen who have four blocks on their own, let alone the entire team in a playoff game only blocking four shots. Like, that's not going to that's, that's not gonna work, especially with a team who they can wake up and flip that offensive switch on so quickly with Radulov, Ben, Sagan, Pavelski, Rupe Hintz, Giryanov. Like, this team is stacked, and Miro Heiskanen quietly continues his point brigade. I think he he's one of the top uh, point guys too. I think he has like eleven points or something. He's so got, he's got more than that. He has eleven assists. He has fourteen points in eleven games. Yeah, that's just incredible. So don't sleep on the Dallas Stars. That's what I'll tell you. And just to carry on before we move to the East with uh, the two defensemen that scored for Dallas. So Jamie Alexiak had a goal, plus two, six block shots. So more than the entire Colorado wow. team. And then Essa Lindell had a goal as well. He had eight hits. So these guys are bringing it at both ends of the ice on the back end for Dallas. We're seeing a lot of work from the back end in the Lightning Bruins series as well. That series is now tied at one after a beautiful overtime goal from Andre Palat. There were some nice goals all around. The Blake Coleman goal in that game was beautiful. You had Brad Marchand on the on the power play, his first of two goals. He tied it up with under four minutes to go. What's your take on this? This is a high-flying series. 
that was an incredible game last night. And I want to highlight two players on Tampa Bay that I don't think get enough shine. And they were kind of cast off by the league. We'll start with Zach Bogosian. How about that play, Ross? He goes, he dances through Tori Krug and Brandon Carlo. And then he dives to get that pass over to Blake Coleman, who also has to dive. And he squeezes it under Halak. I think Zach Bogosian has looked really, really good playing with Victor Hedman. He went from being a castaway of the Buffalo Sabres to a guy who is now a big part of probably a Stanley Cup contending team in Tampa. And another guy, if we're talking about Stanley Cup contenders who shows up, Patty Maroon. Maybe he doesn't always get the the points, but it seemed like every time the Lightning were getting something done or even scoring goals, he was at least on the ice and creating chances. He's the one who created that. Uh, play for Platt. He did the wraparound attempt and that got the puck stuck in and around the crease and Platt buried it home. I love Patty Maroon in the playoffs and the fact that this guy's getting paid under a million bucks is insane. I'm sure he has some good uh, bonus incentives, which would make sense, but what a great deal for Tampa here because they need guys like that in a long playoff run. What a fun game in terms... How often do you see this? It was 1-1 after the first period. It was 2-2 after the second 3-3 after the third period. Each team with a goal in each period. So that's awesome to see. You love that. And we're going to be expecting much more of that from this series. Because the only reason I think that one of these teams doesn't get to the cup final is because they're just going to beat the crap out of each other. And uh, Sens fans know that all too well uh, from back in the day. But the other series, and we've only had one game of it, so there's still plenty of rope left, but this Islanders team, stingy defensively, they're proving they can score for nothing. They won game one against Philly. Varlamov, man, like, did he even have a good season? Like, regular season-wise, I feel like he, he and Grice kind of split the net, and now he's got back-to-back shutouts. Yeah, Ross, I don't I don't really know. Like, it seemed like Varlamov, like, he wasn't like a stud or a star. And I got to seemed- be honest. I thought that Grice was going to start game one of the first round. Yeah, and I don't think you're the only one. It seemed like Grice got all the hype this year, but Varlamov, he's proven that they the deal that they signed was worth it and letting Robin Leonard go maybe wasn't the right payoff, but at least it's working out for them right now. This Islanders team, I don't think Philly had their first shot in that game till like five minutes in. Like, they just do such a good job of shutting teams down, but we saw that the Vancouver Canucks got embarrassed Game one, no goal scored. Same thing happened with Philly. I'm expecting a massive bounce back from Philly this afternoon. Bet the house on Philly coming in hot and scoring first. Oh, we better get this out quick then if that because game two is going today. And uh, yeah, looking at Varlamov, if you look at his regular season, 19, 14, and 6. 14 and 6, you add that together, it means that he lost more games than he won this year. 19 and 20, but six of them he lost in overtime. And then in the postseason, eight and two with a 941 save percentage and a 1.5 goals against. And I mentioned he's coming off back to back shutouts here going forward. So we've got lots to look forward to in terms of the on ice stuff, but off the ice, we have a trade. And off the ice as well, you want to perform and you want to perform well. And you know what? Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't always easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we even avoid it altogether with excuses, like I had a long day. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not really feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. 
with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plans. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free, free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is the easiest part. Just go to GetRoman.com slash X and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman, and we got a big thumbs up for that. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of ED. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. All one word. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash NHL. The National Hockey League saw its first trade since the postseason began, and we should put a disclaimer here. That means any team who is eliminated already, so the seven teams who never came back, they could trade since August. But why would you do that when the market is as small as it will be? Well, Jimmy Rutherford, he wasn't scared. He said there will be changes to the Pittsburgh team after losing out embarrassingly, I think, by not even making it to the first round. Montreal taking that spot from the qualifying series. The trade, and then I'll get your reaction to it, Pilsy. We had Kasperi Kapanen going from Toronto back to Pittsburgh. The team that drafted him, he was, of course, in the Phil Kessel trade. So you had, he was the main piece back. There were a couple minor league pieces. We don't have to get into those. Um, Going from Toronto to Pittsburgh. Coming back, the first round pick from this year. 20, uh, it's 15th overall. And Philip Hallander, who was a high pick from Pittsburgh, I think either first or second round in last year's draft. Second rounder from last year. And then a throw-in piece as well. So Philip Hallander and a first rounder for Kasperi Kappen. And who's the immediate winner of that trade? Well, the immediate winner, you got to look at any trade and say who got the best player. If you're going to look right off the top and... That would mean the Pittsburgh Penguins are the immediate winner. But there's so much to get into with this trade because 15th overall in in any other year may not seem that impressive. But 15th overall in this draft, you're looking at a lot of really good, potential, talented players. And if I'm the Maple Leafs, that looks pretty good to me. A team that is up against the wall with cap issues, even, even getting rid of Kapanen doesn't help them that much. It frees up a little room, but they still got a lot of problems to deal with Three, there. 3.3 million, the Leafs will save against the cap. And like, that's a nice contract for Kapanen. Like, any, like there was a lot of teams that were interested in Kapanen. So I don't think getting rid of him clears up a lot of space, but if they can get a guy at pick number 15 who can come in and play in the NHL in the next two to three years, I wouldn't say that's that crazy, especially knowing that the Leafs are going to have to rely on guys on entry-level deals or like NHL minimum salaries just to fill a roster with the four Goli- like massive Goliath contracts they have in Tavares, Matthew, Marner, and Nylander. So this is the kind of stuff that Dubas is going to have to do. And I would say he got a damn good deal. 15th overall for Kasperi Kapanen. I-, I would say like 
off the top, like one for one, that's a good deal for the Leafs. So the fact that they got Rodriguez and Halinder, Rodriguez is a guy I think a lot of people discounted. Uh, being in Buffalo, he kind of fell out of favor there, I think. But he's the kind of guy that can be a bottom six guy for the Leafs at a cheap deal. Yeah, we'll see where he fits in in terms of being an NHL player. He played some games in Rochester as well. He was almost the um, Jack Eichel GM hat in Buffalo getting him there. Of course, he was Jack Eichel's line mate at Boston University uh, that season. So he put up an enormous amount of points there. Uh, the year he had Jack Eichel, he had 61 points in 41 games. But That's he's a been, lot for college. Wow. He's been bouncing uh, between the AHL and NHL. I wouldn't really have him as, as a big part of the deal. But when you look at Kasperi Kapanen and Jimmy Rutherford made no bones about it. He was on overdrive last night and he said he's going to be on a top six role in our team. And they feel like it's completed now. They have the Gensel. They have Zucker. They have now Brian Rust, who's a really good left winger. He plays well with Crosby. And then you have Kasperi Kapanen. So he's going to play with either Malkin or Crosby. In Toronto, he was stuck on the right side behind Marner and Nylander. So he never really got power play time. He's a great penalty killer. And I think the funniest part of this trade is that five years ago, he was traded from Pittsburgh to Toronto for Phil Kessel. So that's just, man, time is a flat circle, but that is an unbelievable return, I think, for the Maple Leafs. Although Kyle Dubas said it, you can't discount the fact that they lost the best player in the trade right now. So in terms of where the Leafs are as a team, you have to look at that 15th overall pick and be open to moving it. And I think Kyle Dubas is. If he can get the right trade for, I think, an entry-level deal, but a guy who's already an NHL player would be what Dubas is looking for, or even a guy on his second contract, you need you need to have someone making less than Kapanen. But if they can turn that into an NHL player, I don't think Dubas pauses for even a second if he can get that done. Ross, I disagree with you there. I think they should, they need to hold on to this pick. Like the fact that you ran away with first over or first round pick that is going to be 15th overall for Casper Kapanen in a draft that's this good and when you have a prospect pool that is fairly depleted because of, because of these trades that they've made to get guys uh, like Muzzin, Campbell, and Kyle Clifford. All these big trades that they've done. How about giving up a first rounder just to get just rid to of Patrick Marlowe? Yeah, like you can't be doing that anymore. Um, I think you got to keep that 15th overall pick if you're Toronto because also that's going to be like the second wave of reinforcements that helps your core, your your young guys like Marner, Nylander, and Matthews, that's going to be one of the guys that comes in and helps that growing core, but he's going to be like support troops for them. So I think if you're the Leafs, the only way, the only way you even think about trading that 15th overall pick is if you get that coveted defenseman on a great deal, kind of like you were talking about. But if I'm Dubas, you better come in with a great deal to try to get that from me. Well, see, I'm of that mind, too, especially with the depth of this draft. But this is Dubas on the Leafs' first rounder that they acquired. He goes, quote, I would say that we're open to keeping the pick, but I think with the spot that we're at with our team, we're probably also open to moving it if the right deal came along for someone who could help us right now. That doesn't sound to me like the GM of a guy who's going to go up on stage and make that pick. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think so either if you're kind of reading between the lines here, but the salary cap is so crucial and 
Dubas has promised that he's going to keep all four of those guys. How are you going to get around that? The only way you do that is through the draft, in my mind. So I think it would be probably a mistake if they trade that pick unless Dubas gets what he wants. But it's going to be interesting because that sets this is the precedent for the trade market now. Yep. And this is a weird, weird situation for trading. So, Ross, we're going to get into what the Sens should do with this trade market. I think if you're the Sens, hold on. Let's get let everyone else muddy up the water and then you can evaluate what you think the trade market is, where value is, and swoop in there when teams are desperate to get rid of their bad contracts and pick up some assets on the way to uh, reach the floor for the Sens. And this is a time where cap room is probably the most valuable asset you can have, maybe even more valuable than draft picks, Ross. So if you can take cap room from some teams, we talked uh, or I talked about the Canucks needing to re-sign to Foley. There's a lot of options there on that Canucks team that could get moved to save some cap room. Pierre Dorian's going to get real creative here, I think. Yeah, it's going to be exciting as the lead up, as we mentioned, 44 days until the NHL draft on the Locked On Senators podcast. We'll have a list coming out in the next week or so of some trade targets that we think the Sens should go after and what the cost for that might be. We've already said the, the pain is starting to end. We're cheering for wins next year as the Ottawa Senators Whenever they decide to play a hockey game, it'll be over 200 days between games. That's just more time for the kids to grow, right, Pilsy? Um, also, speaking of kids, stick taps on the way out to DJ Smith. He and his wife welcomed their second child yesterday, so you love to see that. Congratulations to DJ. And, yeah, other than that, I think we're, we're all set, Pilsy. We'll be back at it tomorrow, recapping some more NHL playoff hockey. And, yeah, I think we should start getting into the Sens trade market on the heels of the first major trade of the 2020-2021 season, I guess you could call it, or the 2020 off-season. Off-season. We've had two off-seasons, though. Yeah, and there's going to be another one after the draft, technically. So what a what a weird world we live in. Oh, man. Well, we'll be here every step of the way on the Locked On Senators podcast. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day.